This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He is, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. In Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find the words, by faith, are used. That that phrase, by faith, is used some 20 times in 40 verses in that chapter. And 20 specific people are held up as examples of faith alongside countless others who are unnamed in verses 32 through 38. There is so much to learn here, and we can't unpack it all in a single podcast, but we're going to try and glean several lessons. So this text is inspired, but it's also inspirational. All Scripture is breathed out by God or inspired by God, 2 Timothy 3.16. But this is one of the most, I think, inspirational passages in Scripture as we read about all these examples of godly men and women. And it's intended to be just that for its original readers and for for us. Because as we've been discussing in this series, the, the Hebrews, the original recipients of this letter, they were in danger of shrinking back to destruction. And they had a need of faith to the preserving of the soul. That, uh, pre- preserving of the soul. That's how he ends chapter 10, leading up to all these examples of faith that he's about to, to give us. He's encouraging them, admonishing them. You need to press on. And then he gives a host of examples. So the Holy Spirit here is giving reminder after reminder of what faith is and what it looks like and how important it is and how we can be men and women of faith like those ancient examples in verse 2 who gain God's approval. So what is faith? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, verse 1, the conviction of things not seen. Every example that is going to follow these words really tells us what this definition means. It, it informs verse 1, right? So if we're a little fuzzy on the details about what the assurance of things hoped for means or the conviction of things not seen, well, let's just keep reading and go through these examples. So what is seen? Notice he says, what is seen, it was not made out of things which are seen. Now that's the very next thing he talk, describes as he talks about God's creating of of the universe and how it he brought it out of out of nothing we, we couldn't you know there was nothing to be seen but he was able to just speak things into existence and the hebrew writer says by faith we understand that and again noah notice what he says about noah noah was warned of things not yet seen there had never been a global flood before no construction of a massive ark had ever been undertaken Yet this is what God was telling Noah was going to happen and what Noah needed to do. And Noah did it because he believed God. Abraham, again, another example. Notice the phrase, not knowing where he was going. Again, he couldn't see, had never seen Canaan. But God told him it was there and that's where he needed to be. And then notice this expression at the end of all these examples where the writer says, all these died in faith, not having received the promises but having seen them afar off. So these men were moved by their faith despite their limited vision, their temporal vision. They 
They knew God spoke the truth to them, and thus they acted accordingly. Again, Noah had never seen rain or a flood or an ark. Abraham had never seen the land that God spoke of, but those were non-factors. That didn't matter. They knew God is a God of truth, and so they trusted him and they obeyed him. Faith, we could say, is the substance of future realities, even though they can't be logically or physically demonstrated. Like heaven, for example. We've never seen that. It can't be, we can't arrive at it by, by experimenting. It's beyond our experience. And it can't be logically or physically demonstrated or explained, but it's real because the one who made the promise of it is real. Right? It's, it, it's trusting the word of God to an extent that it impacts my life. Faith is trusting the word of God, trusting God to the extent that it moves me to obedience. Right. Noah was moved by his reverence, and so he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. And so it's not a blind faith is not a blind leap of despair. It's not wishful thinking. Bible faith is based on evidence. The evidence is the word of God. Romans ten verses thirteen through seventeen. Verse seventeen specifically, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. So God's word has been confirmed. Its divine origin has been proven. And so we have reason to believe the reliability of the message. In fact, that's what one of the first points that the Hebrew writer makes back in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, when he says, how are we going to, how are we going to escape So, uh, if we neglect so great a salvation? After it was first preached to us by the Lord, and then those who heard him, and then God testified with them, with those signs and wonders and miracles, right? So the, the message has, and the message's origin from being from God has been validated by God himself. So we should trust it and we should trust him just as all these ancient men and women did. And they lived accordingly. The Christian's hope of life after death, death rests upon the, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ and the reliable witnesses who saw him. Right? First John 1, he, he, that's one of the first things he talks about too. He says the things that we have seen with our eyes and heard with our ears and touched with our hands. Right? He's talking about, he wants his audience to know, I was there and I saw this and I witnessed it and I'm telling you about it now. And he was chosen by God specifically for that very purpose. He ends his gospel in John chapter 20 saying, There are many things that Jesus did, but these are written. These are written down in in his gospel so that you will believe Jesus is the Son of God. So faith is not unthinking allegiance to fairy tales, right? It's, it's, it's It's on the word of God which was validated and verified by God himself and the men that he chose to reveal it who were trustworthy. And that, and that task that was handed to them. Let's talk about why faith is important. You know, we I began this podcast with quoting verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I think that statement is very literal, and I think it's not uh, an exaggeration. And so to believe is to accept, right? Without, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We must believe that God is 
And so we believe that he is true. So we accept as true his existence, I believe is what the writer is saying. And then based on the evidence that he's provided, Romans 1, 18, 20. And, and such faith is the basis for our dealings with God. Right? We, we believe that he is, that he exists. Evidence of him being the ultimate reality and creator of the universe is all around us. And we have to approach him honestly and humbly recognizing his power and authority and and looking for and and searching out for what his will is it's impossible to please god for those who come to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who what who diligently or who earnestly seek him when paul is speaking to the greeks in acts chapter 17 he's talking to lots of unbelievers and lots of idolaters at that and he's you know, he finds the idol dedicated to the unknown God. And he says, I'm going to declare him to you, to you now. And he says that, you know, God in the beginning set the boundaries for man. He created all men. And in, I forget which verse specifically, but he says, so that man might um, grope for him, grope for God or, or seek him out, though he is not far from every one of us, because in him we live and move and have our being. So that was... Our purpose to seek him out. God rewards those who diligently seek him. And this is the kind of faith that's on display in every example that the Hebrew writer gives here from Abel to Enoch to Noah to Abraham to all these others that he names. And notice what is he describing? He's describing their history specifically, not just who these people are, uh, but what they did, right? Their, their faith was on. Again, it's on display. It's being demonstrated. What did Abel do? He offered a better sacrifice than Christ. What did Enoch do? He walked with God. What did Noah do? He prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. What did Abraham do? He went out, went out, not knowing where he was going. So without faith, one will not act and one will not find approval with God. Without genuine biblical faith, nobody is going to obey. No one's going to walk with God. No one's going to offer sacrifices. No one's going to prepare what they need to prepare and go out where they need to go, where God is telling them to go. As Paul said in Galatians 5, 6, what matters is faith that works through love. So in order to find the favor of God or the approval of God, one has to be faithful to his cause and devoted to him. The Hebrew writer says in chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9 that Christ is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. To all who obey him. And Jesus says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10, to be faithful till death and I will give you a crown of life. So our faithfulness to God is seen in the conviction of his being and in the doing of what he is said to do. So believing that he is fully able to provide all that he has promised as the reward for faithfulness. So how can we be men and women of faith? I like this quote here from, uh, I think it's from Dr. Mounts. Let me share it with you. He says, Faith is not intellectual assent to a series of propositions, but surrender Surrender to the one who asks us, asks us to trust him. To surrender is to obey. 
And biblical faith is not some mild assent to a collection of ethical maxims, but an active commitment of one's life. Obedience is the true measure of a person's faith. Isn't that what we've been seeing in these passages in Hebrews so far? Christ is the author of eternal salvation to all that obey him. And what we see in Noah's life and Abraham's life and Enoch's life and Abel's life and Sarah and others that, that are named here, Samson and Gideon, we see obedience. Not perfect people who were just infallible and always got things right, but they were faithful. Or they continued to seek God despite their shortcomings. They recognized their own weakness and their dependence upon God. Only in obedience is their faith. Faith is not an emotional feeling. It's not an intellectual acceptance. Again, but it's, it's a response. Apart from a changed life, there is no real faith. Abraham's life was changed. Noah's life was changed. So if we're going to be people of faith, Rahab is another example. I said men and women, Sarah, and of course Rahab is also known for her faith. She's mentioned here in Acts chapter 11 and again in James chapter 2. Her life was changed from an unbelieving, idolatrous prostitute to one of God's children, becoming one of God's people. So if we're going to be people of faith, then we must submit to God's will each and every day. And we must have the desire to. Because faith affects the heart. And thus it affects our actions. Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flows everything that you do. And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 through 36, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right, so faith begins there. By faith, Abel offered again. Noah built. Abraham went. Now, this does not mean that at the point of faith and without further acts of obedience that the ark came into existence, right? That was These were lifetime efforts. And so we should see salvation, again, as by faith, absolutely it is. Romans 5, 1 and 2. But we understand or should understand that this entails doing and desiring to do all that God requires of us. And this is what Jesus explains in his great commission in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, right? When he told those men to go into all the world and make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, doing what? Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. That's not a one and done kind of thing. It's a lifetime pursuit. I want to know more what God requires. And that's what you see in those first disciples in Acts chapter 2. They were daily continuing in the temple and the apostles' doctrine, wanting to know what it was. In reality, one's faith in Christ is inadequate if it doesn't motivate faithfulness. 1 John 5 and verse 3, This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. So the man who believes that God exists having received revelation from him and realizing it and acts upon it as the truth. This is the man who has faith in God. The writer says in Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3, In these last days God has spoken to, to us through his dear Son, to you and me, through Jesus Christ. And the man, again, who trusts God 
is the same who cast all his hopes for the present and future on God. This is a man of faith. Faith precedes hope, because a hope for the future which is not grounded upon fellowship with God is no hope at all. Faith is taking God at his word, just like Noah did, just like Abraham did, and everyone else in history who's been pleasing to him has done. We trust and we have patience and we hope. Those are all fruits of faith. God has given us a message through his Son, the author of our existence. And that message contains many wonderful promises and many commands and also many warnings and threats. And we have to recognize it as true and again act accordingly, change our lives accordingly. That's faith. Faith, according to scriptures, always implies a word or message or revelation that has to be responded to. And that's what these men and women did. Remember the writer says that Noah was warned and Abraham was called. And so it shall always be that faith comes by hearing, listening to, that is listening to and accepting and believing the word of God. Every expression of true faith is a demonstration of the difference between the Christian and the world. And nowhere is that more clearly seen than in Hebrews chapter 11, with all those examples set before us. Despite their hardships, despite their persecutions and sufferings, despite their failures, their personal deep failures, they chose to remain faithful. They kept living by faith striving to be pleasing to God. Verse 16, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. If we want that to be true for us, then we must live by faith. Again, I thank you for tuning in. This has been Faithful Sayings.